Welcome to Connect Over Coffee. We're here to entertain and educate you about the liquid obsession that we call coffee and the people who roast it. We want to connect you with amazing stories of coffee roasters from all over the world and teach you how to make your very best cup of coffee. Let's join hosts Tim Hill and Michelle Berkey for today's interview, a shot of coffee wisdom, and finally, some caffeine and weirdness. Today, I have Rolando Monteroso from Spokes Coffee Cafe in Guatemala. Welcome. Hey, Tim. Glad to be here. Glad to join this uh, first episode. What an honor. Yes. You know, <laughs> I met you when we were on the mission trip last June with Authenticos. And David had said he knew a local roaster. We were all talking about Guatemalan coffee, wanted to learn more about it. So we made the trek to your cafe. How was it a whole bunch of you know ragged Americans off a mission trip invading, coming into your cafe there? What was that like? Well, to be honest, thankfully, been a, it's always been a kind of normal thing for us to to host some some teams in the past. Seeing people coming to to our shop uh, excite us even more because uh, we can talk about what you know what coffee means to us and not just uh, the business model that we have, but the the mission that that is behind. So. I mean, it's kind of normal, but it's always exciting to see new people and get to meet them and talk to them about what coffee really means beyond the, the business aspect. And I was just, you know, a novice back then learning about your coffee and you you did such a great job of explaining coffee to us. How did you get into roasting coffee or get, give a little bit of your, your background there? You're from Guatemala originally, correct? Yeah, yeah. I was born and raised here in Guatemala. I first experienced with, with coffee... Like every other Guatemalan, it's instant, you know. We have a lot of the secondhand coffee that we don't export, and we're kind of used to that. And we pretty much had taken that for granted, and <laughs> which is kind of silly. But there's a time when you get as an adult and you need to get a job. So I was at a mall one day looking at this little coffee shop, and I liked the way they were moving around. And it's a local brand here in Guatemala, how they were like serving people and everybody with the same color of shirt. And so I say, hey, guys, where did you apply for a job here? I said, are you interested? I mean, yeah, I need a job, you know. <laughs> so I went to this place and they weren't taking applications. But anyway, I said, well, I still want to fill it in. And if you have a chance, call me, you know. So they gave me the application. I fill it out and drop it and left. And it's funny that as soon as I got home, they called me and said, well, come tomorrow for an interview. Oh, wow. You know, I thought you weren't, you know, you weren't taking people. <laughs> so long story short, they hired me and I got my first experience with coffee. They were a big chain of different coffee shops here in Guatemala that they own and they have their own roasters and they have their own crops. And they're, they're actually one of the biggest export industries in Guatemala. And they opened this small kiosk at different malls called eCafe or Ant Coffee. I learned to be a barista. I had my hours and I was in college and I did that for a year. I was kind of drifting out from different things that I had done in the past, like volunteering, going on mission trips and that. And I was kind of taking a break from all that. And I said, well, I need to kind of refresh and see see where God wants me to go. You know, it was funny that eCafe was kind of like the last place where I had receive a paycheck from somebody before you became your own own business owner entrepreneur type kind of yeah I started surviving on my own later you know so I left that and I never thought I was going to be connected again but I kind of needed a source of income and I had been working with different teams as a translator or interpreter 
they start asking for coffee. So I said, well, I know about coffee. Maybe I can sell them coffee, you know? I, so I connected with a few farms in Guatemala, really excellent farms that gave me really good coffee. And we started selling coffee. And it was kind of like my emergency fund, you know? When I didn't have enough income, I had the coffee to sell to, to the teams. And it was amazing how much coffee I was able to sell that my friend of farmer was kind of like, what's going on you know <laughs> well he's selling so much coffee well i think it's good you know <laughs> so so we did that for a few years until i got married when i got married i kept selling the coffee and everything but i had been working with different boys and girls at different homes that are you know aging out of these uh places and i started noticing that it how hard it was for them to get a job with my wife <laughs> we we had been just married maybe for a year and we brought somebody to live with us. Uh, we brought a, a girl to live with us and start seeing how, you know, she needed to, to live on her life as she was meant to be. You know, she was uh, the person that she needed to be and not someone we wanted to be because we were helping or being the, the saviors of our life. Uh, we just wanted to connect with her, make it part of her family. And then I start thinking, well, you know, start kind of trying different ideas for different things that boys could do with their hands but I always had coffee in my head like always had coffee coffee and then I started thinking well why don't we put a coffee shop you know why don't we start these as our venture and we provide the first job that they need so then later they can fit more in a more comfortable way into society you know but they were like how are you going to do that you know I said I knew how to get the coffee that was the easy part right I, I knew how to get it from somebody. I knew about how to make it. I knew about how to, you know, the basics of ideas for a business. However, I didn't know anything about roasting. I mean, I know I knew basic stuff, but I didn't know how to do it myself. So talking through our different friends and churches and people that know us, uh, someone said, well, I'll be praying for you. I said, okay, thank you, you know? And it seemed like, the idea was there, but it wasn't going to happen. Suddenly, that person that said, hey, I'll be praying for you, called me and said, hey, I have not forget about you. He focused on buying old buildings and making new buildings and all that stuff. And he had bought this property that had a coffee shop that was abandoned. That was in, back, back in Kansas City. And he said, I think there's a couple of things in that coffee shop that may be useful. And if you want them, I'll be able to ship them. I was like, great. I mean, thank you. I mean, appreciate it. Let me know how much. And no, no, no. I said I was going to pray for you. So here, here is the answer. You know? Wow. That's very generous because, you know, machinery like that is, is expensive. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, and there was this roaster there. The coffee shop had left the roaster abandoned. Wow. They left it there. Wow. Like, like you know, I mean, we're like, who would leave a roaster like that? Especially a good brand like a Diedrich, you know, uh, uh, it's an amazing brand. So he, he says, there's a roaster there. Uh, if we can create it, we may be able to ship it to you. So like, sure. I mean, <laughs> it took a while, but he finally came here in 2016, April 2016. We were venturing ourselves into roasting coffee okay. and burn, burning everything, burning the heck out of it, uh, <laughs> making amazing dark <laughs> charcoaly taste you know <laughs> that's the flavor note the flavor note was charcoal right you were tasting pure ashes you know <laughs> uh, 
and I'm getting coffee, I'm roasting coffee, burning coffee. And still the idea is like, I got to get to a coffee shop. I got to get to the point to open a coffee shop. And God kept sending different people, different friends, different churches and ideas. And, and I kept like dreaming and weaving this name that finally came out as spokes. I mean, there is a, somewhere in my house, a, a piece of paper with all the names and drawings and things that we had in mind. But we wanted something that, that would make the, the meaning of this really alive, that will take life in, in what we're doing here. So I said, well, why not Spokes? And Spokes came because a friend in Medina, Ohio, took us to a, took, took us to a coffee shop not far from their house called Spokes. They had a similar idea, but they are more working with uh, people with different disabilities. And their piece and companies are the folks that provide opportunities to all these uh, group of people. Okay. And I said, wow, that sounds, so I, I come back to Guatemala and I start like thinking, dreaming and planning. And we said, okay, this name is spokes. But the difference with us is the spoke is the person. It's you as Tim, it's me as Roland. It's uh, my wife as Lisa. Is uh, Madeline, who is one of our baristas, is uh, Don Freddy, who uh, bakes the bread for our sandwiches. So each one of those is the spoke that remain attached to the center and then creates this community that is known as our coffee shop or uh, and, and beyond and beyond. The whole key of our cafe or the whole mission is to claim back our identity, to, to understand that I can fit as anybody else in this society. But it, that it's not just myself, that everyone else kind of helps to make the outer of the wheel. Right. You know? so that's what makes Spokes Cafe a community. I was just behind on the, to join in the Zoom because I was actually picking a, a donation of 1,000 bottles of aloe drink, the aloe drink that is so popular yes. that we're giving, that we're passing out tomorrow to, to some homes, you know, to some teenage uh, homes. We're going to give it to them and a uh, friend said, said, hey, I have a thousand drinks. You want to come pick him up? I was like, sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and this guy in the city, his name is Luis, but he grew up at a children's home, had a different experience of life, living in the streets and all that. But now he's a lawyer, uh, a dad, and he's also feeding people, homeless people that are going through this hard time of the pandemia. You right. know? So every day he's providing a hot plate of food to these people. So we gave him some coffee today so he can brew some coffee nice. to to the people in the morning. It's just fun to see how, you know, there is so much good going on around the different wheels that, that Spokes Cafe is part of it, you know. That's, everything's connected by the wheel in the community. One one wheel to the next, one spoke to the next, and it all rolls yeah. rolls together. Yeah, and 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 you know we we sell coffee. Yes, uh, we have to sell coffee, so we're able to provide the incomes of uh, of the people that we hire. But but beyond that, we really want people to get the experience to to experience their coffee, to know the the farm that comes from the farmer, but to really engage, to engage fully in a community, different opportunities. Because who knows, you know, one of these customers later will say, "Hey, where is your friend that is providing food for the homeless?" Uh, it's in the city. Oh, I want to uh, help him with something. We connect them. We we make the part of the, you know, he, he may be part of another wheel, but the center is the same, you know? 
Voltaire said a quote uh, that is kind of like our motto. It says, God is like a circle whose center is everywhere and circumference is nowhere. That means wherever you go, that center goes with you. So you may be part of different circles in your life, like me as a roaster, you making this podcast. We are in different circles, such as countries, communities, churches, individuals. But for us, that center is the same. God, God that unites us all together and make the different wheels of life where, where you go through. Right. They all roll together, connecting. And, it, you know, like God made that company in Kansas abandon the roaster for you. He had that plan for you ahead of time that you had no idea. It's just amazing how it can all all work together or you never know where somebody that you you know hired and trained and mentored where they're going to go how you change their life all because of coffee and your dedication to being a mentor and, and giving back to the community we're happy to, to see how things have been weaving together and making these amazing wheel of opportunities that are not just ours but for everyone that wants to join us as an example, we, where we are located is at a gas station on the road on one of the main highways in Guatemala. Right, I remember it. And that was because our friend who owns uh, the company, the different gas stations, he allowed our coffee shop to be part of that. And everybody was thinking, why in a gas station? You know, you want to be a gas station coffee? No, we're going to be a place where things are going to be seen different, you know? And what happened is amazing because his dad owns a mango farm. And this mango is seasoned right now. Mango's like almost out of the season. But for the last three years, he has been giving us mangoes that don't get to be export. And we're talking about five, six, seven thousand mangoes that we can put in the back of different pickup trucks and distribute those mangoes to, to different kids and different homes, you know. And you may say they're secondhand mangoes because they don't get the, <laughs> they, they don't get delivered to the final place in America or Europe. But it doesn't mean that the mango loses his identity or his flavor. Oh, yeah. The mango is still the mango. And we can still make that mango fulfill his purpose by giving it to somebody else that will enjoy the heck out of it, you know? And that creates the community that we want to create with spokes. It's not just that we have coffee. Yes, we are serious and passionate about our coffee. But we want people to understand that when you sit at a table for coffee, Sometimes you don't even end up drinking your whole cup of coffee because you're excited about what's happening between the relationship among that people sitting in the table. They're engaging, they're talking, they're yeah. getting to know each other. And by the end, maybe your coffee gets a little cooler, <laughs> but your heart gets warmer. Oh, that's perfect. Absolutely. I know that little efforts like this make big difference in different people, you know? That was part one of the interview with... Rolando Monteroso at Spokes Cafe in Guatemala. Tune into episode two for part two of that interview. We'll have details in the show notes. What I really liked about talking to Rolando was his heart for the kids. You know, he saw a need. Um, he wanted to equip them with skills to transition them into the next part of their life and not get lost in the shuffle. Right? Do you agree? I do. One of the things that I love about his mission is that he wants to create a place where everyone fulfills their purpose, whether that's employees or boys that he gives opportunities to or the girl he brought into his home or even outside his business within his community. He considers the mission of Spokes so much bigger than the business itself. 
If you could imagine how our communities would be different if more businesses really saw their mission encompassing their whole community in the way Rolando does. It seems like a much more holistic approach to life than we usually see. Very true. And I did love the term wheel of opportunity that he used. It's like gears and cogs moving us all forward together to the same place, but being connected and needed for each level that we're together for. Tell me what you thought about secondhand mangoes. I love his story about the mangoes so much. Here's why. It ties back to his mission again. He's making sure that even the fruit that we as a culture see as not good enough or not making the cut or not appropriate for our tables here, not good enough to sell, all that fruit gets used. It fulfills its purpose. There's still mangoes, still worthy of eating. He's saying that there are no secondhand mangoes. They just have a different purpose, which I think is how we need to look at people as well. So true. We're going to switch over to a shot of coffee wisdom, the education portion of the show. And we're going to talk about the Peaberry today. Usually, it will just be the two of us doing this portion, but we're going to do it a little differently today. We want to play a clip from the interview with Roland first because y'all talked about the Peaberry as well. And then we'll jump straight into yours and my conversation about it. Great. Sounds good. Let's do it. Light roast. Dark roast. Pour over. French press. Ethiopian Yergashefi. Guatemalan El Socorro. Cold brew. Mocha pot. Fine grind. Coarse grind. Cappuccino. Espresso. If all of this makes coffee seem confusing to you, you're about to get educated. Let's talk coffee for a minute because okay. the first time <laughs> when I was down there, like I said, I'd always liked coffee and I was a baby learning about coffee. And then you told me about the pea berry. And I've been enamored of that. It just fascinates me that it's such a different bean. Tell a little bit about the pea berry. What makes that variety different? Oh, pea berry really isn't a variety, but it's like the remnants of, of each variety, which in the past was, was called an Spanish caracolito or the snail, uh, because it, it was so round, so a little round coffee and small that the people thought that it wasn't it wasn't a good bean that it needed to be tossed away but someone i guess pay attention to that little small beans <laughs> and start and start gathering all and they find that it was actually a more concentration of the flavors than most of those beans but to be able to get 100 pounds of pea berry you may have to go through i don't know uh, 1,000 pounds of coffee first to sort out because it's pretty much known as the leftover. Uh, the, the smallest hole of the sifter. Coffee is selected through different sifter sizes. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, so the sifter from the bigger to the smallest tells the quality of the coffee. Okay. Smaller the bean could be that it's not a, a good quality bean, but the pea berries ended up being the outstanding coffees that now it's expensive also in some way and it got kind of exotic, you know? Because it's rare. If I remember right, and you can correct me or explain more, normally the cherry has two halves and each yeah. half, what we consider is a bean. Mm -hmm. Each half mm -hmm. is a bean. If the pea berry in the cherry, in the fruit, there's only one. Is that right? And that's why it's round because it doesn't press against each other like the halves. Yeah, so it was known as a retarded bean. It didn't develop that it didn't get enough nutrients or, but in reality, it did absorb most of the nutrients in just one, you know, the two beans made one single bean and concentrated and most concentration of it, you know, I'm not saying this will have more caffeine or not, but there is for sure 
flavor, I mean, flavor and quality. I mean, not all the pea berries that are left there become, uh, ended up being a cup of coffee because some of them ended up being floaters, you know, less density and had to be not used for the quality that we're looking for. But that's why, you know, pea berry is so hard and and exotic. You and Rolando talked a little bit about peaberry beans. So let's dig into a bit more detail about that because I know it's one of your favorites. It is one of my favorites because it's the first time I've ever heard of the peaberry. The coffee cherry has two seeds like twins and as they're growing, they press against each other and that's why the, the coffee bean has those flat sides. Well, the peaberry is the only child. There's, there's only one of them in there. So it forms by itself and it comes out round. So it doesn't have that flat side to it. So that's, you know, it's kind of unique and fun. So maybe that's why I like it so much. Is it rare? It's a mutation, right? Does it happen a lot? It is rare. Yes. Um, it happens in all varieties of coffee beans, but it's only about five to 7% of the harvest. So it, it is quite rare. And at one time it was considered scrap. They threw it away because they thought it was, you know, not any good or deformed. All that money gone to waste. It is such a waste. So what causes it? Why does it happen? They really don't know. It's just a, you know, a mutation that that happens. And they you can't tell from the outside. The coffee cherry looks the same, whether it has a pea berry in it or, you know, both the twins in there from the outside. When you're picking the berry, you can't tell. You know, they, they wouldn't know it until they had picked it and processed it. They thought it was deformed, so they just throw it away. So explain a little bit to me about the process. So there's a, the shell and they take the fruit out and then they, how does it actually work? How do you find it? Well, when they're going through, they remove the pulp away from the cherry and the, the bean itself. And so it goes through a conveyor belt with little shoots of, of different diameters and that's where the pea body would, would fall all by itself. And that's where they'd say, oh, well, this is a too small of a size or whatever, until they figured out that, hey, maybe we should check this out a little bit more. Does it taste any different? Yes, it does. It has a few differences in taste. And part of that is because of the roasting process. When it's in the roaster that's spinning around, it rolls more than the ones with the flat side. So it gets more evenly roasted. So there's, you know, it's more consistently roasted all the way through it and it absorbs the heat better as well. Another thing they say that it's more dense. So it got all the nutrients and goodness that are usually divided into two coffee beans. It's all together in one. So it gets all the goodness that way. And then that does make it a sweeter taste to it and has balanced acidity. So it's not as acidic as a lot of coffee is. So that covers the bean side. Do you make it any differently than you would make a regular coffee? Just like any coffee bean, it has some you know personal preference. You can do it on a medium grind or you can make it into espresso as well. You can do it on a coarse grind if you're doing it on a pour over or something like that. However, on the roasting, they usually keep it to a medium or a light roast because it doesn't do well on a dark roast. It just, it burns away the sweetness. That makes sense. Let's finish up by talking about how to get it. Can you buy it anywhere? How hard is it to find? It has been hard to find. It, when I first came back from Guatemala, I couldn't find it anywhere. And when you do find it, it does cost a little more as a warning because of the extra processing, because it's you know separated now by itself. They you know roast it by itself. So there's a little more processing going on. So it does cost a little bit more, usually about maybe in the United States, about a dollar or so more a pound. But I've started seeing it at more coffee shops, 
You can definitely get it from Spokes in Guatemala. He's starting to ship through Chicka Bean, an exporter up here. So you can definitely order it from him. He roasts almost every week now. But I've seen it at Spencer's Coffee and Bowling Green and just different places around. So it's out there and getting more popular for sure. Well, we can definitely put a link in the show notes to a couple different places where they could find it on a consistent basis. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Well, I hope y'all have learned a little bit more about the wonderful anomaly called the pea berry. Caffeine and weirdness, baby. Caffeine and weirdness. This is the portion of the show where we talk about the weirdness of coffee. And right out of the gate, I'm setting the bar high for the weirdness level. I'm scared. You should be. Kopi Luwak, which means cat poop coffee. No way. It really is. I was shocked when I heard about this as well. So basically, it's coffee beans that have traveled through the gastrointestinal tract of the palm civet, which is a small cat, tree-dwelling cat animal in Southwest Asia and the Indonesian islands, also in sub-Saharan Africa. So... I think I'm speechless. No, yeah, I thought you would say something and and I heard crickets (laughs) over there. All right, you got to maybe explain this further. I know, I don't even know where to go at this. I've got notes and, you know, it's just, they're just so weird. I had to look really hard. They talk, and I'll talk about, you know, what what it is and and the taste flavor notes, if you will. Um, But I had a hard time actually finding out why. Why would you go searching for cat poop and use the beans from it. But what I found out was in Indonesia, the Dutch settlers had coffee plantations, but they did not allow the the harvesters and the, you know, the people picking the coffee to harvest it. They were not allowed to. So they had to scrounge for it, use uh, beans that were discarded for whatever reason. And then they observed the palm civet would eat coffee beans and pass it through their system and the seeds would not be um, (laughs) decomposed or whatever. So they decided it was a good idea to brew their coffee that way. That's desperation. I understand that caffeine desperation. I don't. (laughs) But but I I think I'd have a hard time going that far. As much as I love coffee, I don't know that I would drink that. Oh, but you're going to have to try it. I'd be willing to, but there's a lot of reasons not to. (laughs) There's there's one overwhelming one because it's found in cat poop. What what are the reasons why you'd want to? Well, according to these people, a lot (laughs) of people, as it goes through the stomach, the digestive juices permeate and start the process of breaking down the, the fruit and the beans with enzymes and such that are supposed to influence the flavor. Influence it towards what? Goodness. (laughs) unique rich smooth flavor is how it and not bitter that's how it's been described unique rich and smooth yes yeah i can see it the other thing also they noticed that the palm civet only eats the most choice coffee cherries so it's eating the best coffee beans so you've got the best beans going through the unique flavor system we'll call it So both of those flavor systems and those factors are thought to influence the flavor of the coffee. So is it supposed to taste really great? Like, does it, like, is it really great coffee? 
well, there's two sides to that, as with most things. Uh, the the mainstream coffee industry thinks that it's a novelty, a gimmick, just something to to increase price because it is more pricey. But people swear that it has that rich, smooth <laughs> flavor, no bitterness. <laughs> that it's really good stuff. Of course so, it's rich and smooth. It comes from poop. That's horrible. When I started reading that, I'm like, man, I don't know. <laughs> the other deterrent besides that, which should be definitely enough. No, there's more. There's more reason okay. not to. It, it ain't cheap. cheap. It ain't cheap. Price can range in the U.S. anywhere from $100 to $500 per pound. Per pound? Per pound, which translates to $35 to $85 per cup. Whoa. Is that the most expensive coffee there is? That is the most expensive. Yes. Bingo. That is the most expensive coffee on earth. Wow. I told you. <laughs> That's pretty this, weird. I'm, right out of the <laughs> gate. We're going weird. Caffeine and weirdness, baby. That may be too weird for me. And that's Oh, no. We're, we're, you're going to have to try it. At some point, we're going to have to get some. You're going to have to try it. And we're going to have to video you. You're going to have to try it live. Okay, we'll do a we'll do a live tasting of cat poop coffee. I'm on record for that, right? <laughs> That's oh, right. Gosh. This is being recorded. All right, I'm going to save some money. Start saving money now, <laughs> or actually, I'm going to start a GoFundMe go. account for anybody that wants to see me taste cat poop coffee. I'll give you my Venmo account, or you know, I'll start the GoFundMe or, or something because. I don't know if I can spend my own money on that. I got to have donations. <laughs> I got to spend other people's money. I told you we were going to go weird, but we had to flush this one out of our system as soon oh, as possible. Oh, yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> That's all we have brewed for you for this episode. Thanks to all y'all for listening and connecting over coffee with Michelle and I. We need a quick favor, though. If you liked anything we said, laughed a little, learned a little, or just enjoyed the weirdness, we would really appreciate you going and giving us a rating. Five stars are the best. And a review also. They really help. Thanks again. And remember, stay caffeinated. Hey, you and rely on oh, hey. I don't need to hey. <laughs> hey. 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 Episode one. Let's go. I don't know about this whole thing. Okay. I don't like being having the microphone on my nose. Yeah, that was too normal. Yeah. I'm going to say it 4,000 times because maybe once will be right. You are going to be learnt. I was just going to say that. You're going to get learnt. <laughs>